Hi, thanks for tuning in to Holy Spirit Feed. I'm Jen Johnson. I'm excited to share what God has been showing me. I'm praying that your spiritual ears and eyes will be open to hear and see what Holy Spirit has for you. Today's topic is anointing. Anointing, it seems like it's one of those sort of Christian-y words, and you hear people say it, and you hear people talk about it, but, you know, not everyone actually knows what it is or why it's important. And part of what inspired me to talk about this is I was at church recently, and we were talking about anointing with oil, and one of our leadership team mentioned that he had never been anointed with oil. And the Lord just began to speak to me about that. And he just said, you know, he's not the only one that hasn't been anointed with oil. And he had been a believer for quite some time. Um, He said, but that's common amongst believers. Uh, Not everybody understands it. Not everyone has had a chance to be a part of praying for someone and anointing someone else with oil or actually receiving being anointed with oil. So that's why we're talking about this today. It's of the Lord, and we're just going to dig right in. So let's talk about anointing the verb, like the action. So the definition of that is to smear, smother, or rub oil on something or someone, typically as part of a religious ceremony. So it's common to hear about anointing with oil for healing, but we also anoint with oil for other things. But as far as the healing, James 5, 14 says, Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And I just want to say, this is not just for elders. Every believer can anoint and pray for the sick, and we should. We are all part of the royal priesthood. The veil has been torn. We have full access to Jesus. So what are we doing when we're anointing something? You can look at it like this. We're setting something or someone apart for the Lord. We're sanctifying them. When I think of anointing, I often think of it as being chosen. So remember in gym class where you had to be, you had to pick teams for like kickball or soccer or something. Everyone loves to be chosen, right? You never wanted to be the one that was chosen last. It was always good and it felt good to be chosen. We are all believers, and we are chosen by God in a general sense. But then there are times where we are anointed for something specific. So am I already anointed, or will I be anointed? Yes, it's both. If God has called you to something, your calling or your assignment, and he has called everyone to something, then he will give you an anointing, a supernatural grace or power for it. He will smother you. We talked about that definition earlier, to smear or smother or rub with oil. So he will smother you with everything you need to do it. An anointing to do something specific can come and go, but if you are called to it and you abide in him, hearing him to know how and when to release what he has given you, there will be a flow of the anointing. So abide in him, stay in the river to keep the connection and keep the anointing flowing. All right, let's talk about anointing as a noun, as in an anointing or the anointing. 1 John 2 verse 20 says, 
But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. As believers, we are anointed by God. I've heard this statement before. You may have heard this at different events or whatnot. Someone will say something like, the anointing's gone, or it's left the room. And I've been like, what does that mean? Before I kind of did some research and found out, like, what is the anointing? What are they talking about? (laughs) I also had heard a story one time by this um, speaker. He was just telling his own story of being at, um, it was like an event or a seminar. You know, a lot of times when you go to an event, you try to get the main speaker to pray over you. It's always good to get prayer, but, and he was hoping to be able to do that. So by the end of the night, he finally made his way up to the front and the the main speaker was there and he was like, will you pray for me? The speaker goes, the anointing's gone. It's left the room. He said that. And the guy was like, well, that's a little weird. And then the speaker turned around and it was a few minutes later and he said, it's back. I'll pray for you. And the guy was like, whoa, I don't even know what's going on with that. (laughs) And, you know, sometimes things of the Holy Spirit, they are a little weird, but they're only weird to you because they're weird to you. Maybe you don't understand something like this. You're like, how could an anointing be there? And then like five minutes later, it's not, but then it comes back. You know, this is kind of um, just an interesting thing to think about. But the things of the Holy Spirit, if they seem weird, it's only weird for a while until they're not. And then it seems normal to you, right? You get used to them. So if this is new to you and it's something that you haven't really thought much about, that's fine. If this is new, just go with it and see where the Lord takes you. Embrace it. Learn and grow. Learn more about this topic and grow in your relationship with the Lord. So we talked about how there's like that example of someone's like, well, there's an anointing in the room or maybe the anointing's left the room. As far as examples of anointings, You may hear something like, there's an anointing in the room for healing of backs tonight, or broken bones, or diabetes, or there's freedom from anxiety. You know, those are all words of knowledge, letting us know that the Lord is choosing at this time to heal those specific things. Now, it's always his will to heal, so don't misunderstand that. But sometimes there's a special anointing for a certain ailment or an injury to be healed. How do you know if there is an anointing for something specific? It's your connection with God. It's hearing from Him. We can build faith in the room by announcing those words of knowledge that God is giving you. By announcing, hey, God's choosing right now to heal certain things in this room. Or maybe there's an anointing for peace. So if you just need peace, just receive that. So we can build that faith in the room by announcing the word of knowledge. Your faith has healed you. You might remember Jesus said that in the Bible quite a bit. It's because faith matters. How many know a lot more happens in a faith-filled room than in a room filled with doubt? That's why Jesus kicked out the doubters, the naysayers. In Mark 5, when he brought back Jairus' daughter from the dead, he was there and he knew there were people in the room that were doubting. So he kicked out the doubt. And then he told the girl to get up and she did. Better to have two people believing God's word with you and standing on that than a bunch of doubters who have no faith and don't believe in miracles. Amen? Let's talk about some examples in scripture of anointing. So 1 Samuel 10, and this is Samuel anointing Saul as king. We're going to read verse 1 and then skip down to verse 6. It says, Then Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on his head, 
and kissed him and said, Has not the Lord anointed you to be prince over his people Israel? And you shall reign over the people of the Lord, and you will save them from the hand of their surrounding enemies. And this shall be the sign to you that the Lord has anointed you to be prince over his heritage. And then scripture talks about some signs where there are two men that talk about donkeys and then three men that talk about goats. And then the prophets that come with instruments. And then in verse 6, I just want to highlight this. It says, Then the Spirit of the Lord will rush upon you, and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. You know, how many have just had that kind of day or maybe that kind of a week or a season where you're like, Oh, I just wish I were somebody else, even for a short time, right? This says he got turned into another man. And I love that it says the spirit of the Lord will rush upon you. I've seen this happen to people even during normal prayer times, but also in anointing with oil, for sure. The spirit comes and takes people out, you know, not always, but sometimes. And how many know Holy Spirit is powerful. And when he rushes upon you, anything can happen. And it often does. All right, let's read 1 Samuel sixteen thirteen. This is when David was anointed. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had brought and anointed David with the oil. And the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. The Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. You know, I just release that over you right now. Whatever you're doing, if you just need a touch from Holy Spirit, just receive that. May the Spirit of the Lord come powerfully upon you. All right, sometimes when I'm reading scriptures, the Lord will just say, stop, and just reread that. And I will, and I can truly just sense his presence on things. So that's the type of verse that we're, as you're reading, if you read across something like that, and the Lord's like, wait, read that again. Just read that again, and just let the Lord show you something and speak to you in a new, fresh way. All right, so you may have heard of the idea or the term of receiving a mantle. And we're not talking about a fireplace here, okay? (laughs) But a mantle is related to anointing. So let's talk about what a mantle is. The mantle was and is the official garment of a prophet. The mantle can represent a man or a woman's gift, the call of God on their life or their purpose. We often think of a mantle as a cloak or something similar. It talks about that in scripture. And it's symbolic, like I said, of their purpose and showing that they are wrapped in God's authority to do something. You receive a mantle or a covering or a mantle for a mission. In the Bible, Elijah and Elisha, you may remember them. It talks a lot about them in 2 Kings. We can't read the whole thing, but basically Elijah passed on the prophet mantle to Elisha. In 1 Kings 19 verse 15, and this is the Lord speaking to Elijah, It says, the Lord said to him, go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazel, king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel. And anoint Elisha, son of Snapchat, from Abel Mahala to succeed you as prophet. Snapchat? Is that what that said? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) It actually says Shapit. And I was just seeing if you all are paying attention. All right, so 
Basically, what happens from then on is Elisha becomes Elijah's companion, his understudy. A lot happens. This is a great story. Take the time to read it. And then Elijah is about to die, and Elijah keeps trying to ditch Elisha. But Elisha says this in 2 Kings chapter 2. It says, But Elisha said, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. He says that like three times. Elisha is persistent. In verse 9, then in 2 Kings chapter 2, it says, When they had crossed, speaking of the Jordan River, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I can do for you before I am taken from you. Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. Elisha got the mantle or the cloak when Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha's persistence paid off. He was devoted to receiving what God had for him. He positioned himself to go after God's plan, God's anointing for him. When we position ourselves on the altar and prepare ourselves to receive our anointing, then we can flow in all that God has for us. We can step into the things that he has chosen us for and chosen for us. I'm going to say that again. When we position ourselves on the altar and prepare ourselves to receive our anointing, then we can flow in all God has for us. We can step into the things that he has chosen us for and chosen for us. He's chosen you to do certain things in this life, and it's important that you do it. And he's also chosen those things for you. Oil often represents Holy Spirit in the Bible. Think about this. Oil flows and it covers and it stays on anything it comes in contact with. Holy Spirit flows and he covers and he stays on any person he comes in contact with. You need soap to get oil off, right? Oil symbolizes Holy Spirit for a reason. We need to keep the oil or Holy Spirit on us. And then we're able to touch others' lives with that oil, with Holy Spirit, everywhere we go. Our agreement with what he has for us begins the flow of the anointing to move in our lives. So let's talk about logistics. What does it look like to be anointed with oil or to anoint someone else with oil? So I've seen a number of ways to anoint. I've seen pitchers of oil where they'll just take the whole thing and dump it on somebody. So often when that happens, I've seen, uh, you know, like a tarp placed underneath the people who are getting anointed (laughs) because it's obvious oil is just going to get everywhere. A common way of anointing with oil is just putting some on your fingers and then placing it on someone's forehead or hands. Um, You can use olive oil. You can go on Amazon and buy something really expensive and strong smelling Or I've even heard of people using chapstick. You know, God knows your heart. And if he's prompting you to anoint someone with oil during prayer, and you know what? He knows if you only have chapstick, then go for it. I mean, you may want to ask permission for that first, depending on whose chapstick it is and uh, who you're putting it on. (laughs) But anyway, the Lord is looking upon the heart, not the outward appearance. So it's not some stuffy religious ceremony type thing that we have to follow all of these rules. The Lord is interested in the connection. So when do we anoint? You know, if you're praying for someone, ministering to them, and you have the thought to anoint them with oil, you should probably do that. That's probably from the Lord. You know, it's like communion. I always say, if you have a thought to receive communion, whether you're at home with your family, at work, 
you know, at church, at a service somewhere, in your car, whatever that looks like. If you have that thought, it's probably the Lord drawing you in to experience something that's going to draw you closer to him, that's going to remind you of what he did on the cross. And similar with the anointing of oil, there's just something about it. It's of the Lord. It's in scripture. So again, if if he brings that up in your mind, it's probably the Lord saying that. The enemy is never going to tell you to do something that could potentially help you become more intimate with the Lord and step into the things of the Lord. The enemy's never going to tell you <laughs> to receive communion and to remember the blood of Jesus and remember what the broken body has done for you. Remember the woman that poured the perfume at Jesus's feet, Mary. It was worth a year's wage, and she was actually anointing him, preparing him for his task at hand. She was preparing him for the biggest thing ever, the cross. I said that perfume was worth a year's wages. So I want you to think about what you make in a year. Would you pour that on Jesus' feet? Just think about that for a minute. Would you take everything that you make in one year's time and pour that at his feet? You know, she covered his feet in sacrifice as he prepared for the biggest sacrifice ever. That was all she had, and she gave it. What do you have? What are you willing to give in order to receive your anointing, to walk in your calling? What you've been chosen for? You know, we don't choose what we are called to or anointed for, but we choose what we are willing to give up for it. In John 15, verses 16 and 17, it says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. You have an anointing so that you can bear fruit and love others. Your anointing gives you purpose. And you know, Jesus is the anointed one. You are made in his image. God has chosen you for something. The anointed one has anointed you. Just let that sink in. The anointed one has chosen and anointed you. Goodbye self-esteem issues, self-doubt, timidity. You have been given a spirit of strength. You have been chosen by God himself. Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. There is a race marked out for you. God has chosen you for something specific in this world, within your family, your friend group, your workplace. And also, very importantly, something that I feel has been left to the wayside by many believers in recent times. He has chosen you for something specific within the body of Christ and within a specific church body. You know, we all need to ask the Lord, which church body do we belong to? The word says, do not forsake the gathering. We need to gather as brothers and sisters in Christ. So if you're still holding back for whatever reason, if at all possible, find out who your church body is, who the Lord has chosen for you to be a part of, and jump into that body of Christ. Go to services. Be a part of a church body in your local area. 
that's not just a suggestion. God says, do it. He says, do not forsake the gathering. The word says in Hebrews 10, 25, not forsaking the assembling or gathering of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. Even during these times, we still need to have a body of Christ for strengthening each other. We need them and they need us. So find out where you belong, where God is calling you, and go there, attend, plug in, have fellowship with other believers. I often like to do activations during these podcasts. Now, this one is something that's going to be a little bit different. I'm going to just ask you to go ahead and ask the Lord if he wants you to anoint someone with oil. This could be somebody in your family, a good friend. Maybe you need to be anointed with oil and then ask the Lord, well, who could do that for me, Lord? Who would want to be a part of that with me, experiencing something of the Lord that's clearly from Scripture? And not in a flippant way, but be very intentional about asking the Lord about that. Eagerly pursue the things of the Lord. The word is very clear. Seek first the kingdom of God. This is of the Lord. If we don't have experience with these things, then who will pass these traditions on? As God's people, we need to be equipped to carry out the Lord's work, his ways on earth as it is in heaven. Now, we don't allow these traditions, these things, um, to outweigh the prompting of Holy Spirit. But when we have knowledge and experience with biblical things, then Holy Spirit can prompt us to do them. And it only enhances our relationship with God. So when praying for someone for anointing, just some thoughts that I wanted to share. What you're doing is you're asking the Lord, God, what have you chosen this person for? Maybe they do need healing in their body somewhere, so you anoint them with oil for that. Or maybe you anoint them because they're in a season where they're going to need bravery and the Lord wants you to just pray for them and anoint them and release that over them. Maybe they have an anointing for woodworking or masonry, and so you anoint their hands. Maybe they have a gift of praying for others. Or you may even anoint someone's feet for missionary work or dance. This is all about connecting with the Father and asking Him, How do I pray for someone? If we're anointing with oil, what are we anointing them for? And blessing them in that. And when you are praying for someone or you're receiving prayer for an anointing of some sort, pray with faith. Receive something from the Lord that those around you are hearing and praying and believing for you. So as I wrap up, whether you are very familiar with anointing with oil and the idea of the anointing or an anointing on someone's life, or whether this is all brand new to you. I pray that this has blessed you and that you'll continue to dig into what the Lord has for you in this area. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on Holy Spirit Feed.